as real as it gets. Hey, this is Marcia Prince, IFBB Bikini Pro and Guest Berry Nutrition Spokesmodel, and you are listening to the UCW Radio Show, In Your Face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Give it to me, baby. All right. Welcome to the UCW Radio Show, and this is the show where we feature celebrities, pro athletes, authors, business leaders, basically some pretty inspirational people. Our mission is to bring guests on this show that will share the story of their journey to date, in their words, their way. Now, in the world of kickboxing, you have those that become world champions. And then you have those that take that stepping stone a bit further. And Olivier Gruner is a kickboxing champion that took it more than a bit further by leaping headfirst into the Hollywood scene. With over three dozen movies under his belt, this warrior is still raising the bar using his skills to not only make great action films, but also to inspire others to step up their game. Uh, before we bring him on the show, I want to remind all of our listeners to check out ucwmagazine.com for our interview archives. And also, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to get the latest show information and hear my rants. And hey, you may get inspired by some of my tweets, who knows. Uh, you can catch the UCW radio show on iTunes, Play FM, Stitcher Radio, Myro, and many others globally. Just uh, search around, and we're there somewhere. Uh, make sure to check out ActionMagStore.com for the latest information from the largest martial arts event of its kind in the world that takes place in Atlantic City every January, the Action Martial Arts Hall of Honors. On the UCW radio show, we are looking to bring guests on the show that have not only accomplished great things, because you have a lot of people that accomplish great things. We don't want just people that accomplish great things, but we want people that also inspire. And our next guest is one of those people. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming action film star and world kickboxing champion, Olivier Gruner to the show. Olivier, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. No, th thanks for coming on. You know, uh, it's been we we've been trying to do this for a little while now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. You know, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. You know, you've been busy, busy. I I want uh, our listeners to really understand who you are and what you've done. You know, um, you know, you, you're a world kickboxing champion. You've achieved levels that most fighters t today, to this date, wish they could achieve that. But you got there. You know, and I, and I guess we'll start at the beginning. What got you involved in uh, kickboxing in the first place? That's a good question, actually. Um, when I was a kid in high school, I got beat up. So... And I got a little bit bullied, left and right. Uh, so my father was a surgeon, you know, my brother's a surgeon. So we are all into, we kind of nerds, you know. So I was not really, uh, really physically fit, you know. I was kind of a very skinny kid. So, and then I decided, to say, you know what, I'm tired of this. And one day I was watching a movie, and I'm sure a lot of people got inspired by uh, the same person I'm going to talk about briefly. Mm -hmm. And I decided, you know what? That's enough. I gotta do something. So, I'd start to learn, uh, uh, karate, uh, Shotokan, and, uh, I spent a lot of time actually not even joining a class because, uh, it, 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 now you have gyms all over the place, but in the old days, in the 70s, you know, you didn't have a lot of gyms around. So, I had to, uh, buy a book and I start to learn, uh, karate, and the different kicks just uh, from a book. So I spent one year doing that. And uh, so I was looking at myself in the mirror all the time and just tried to imitate, you know, what the image was giving. So that's the way I started really uh, learning how to kick. And then I uh, joined, uh, during the summer, I joined uh, a class, 
and I was in uh, south of France, and the instructor was really, really good. So it was very technical. <clears throat> so everything was like, had to be perfect. And uh, you know when you learn Shotokan, especially when it comes from the Japanese, everything has to be perfect. You have a great discipline. You know, everything was, uh, I had a really good basic after I left uh, this uh, the seminar. So then, um, then I realized, you know, karate was one thing, but I wanted to move on a little bit with uh, kickboxing. And uh, at that time, you know, uh, uh, how old were you at that? Days. How old were you at that point? Um, I think I was um, 22, no, 23, 23, something like that. Oh, was, uh, then we have to. I was, I we, old. But we have to. We have to crank back a little bit, you know, because I don't want to go too far ahead because I really want people to know, you know, what you're all about because you study Shotokan. And you trained, yep. but when you were a teenager, you actually joined the Commando Marines. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we can't forget so, that because that's that's pretty important yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I didn't, but uh, well, we were thinking about the martial arts, so that's why we were talking about the martial arts. Yeah. But but it's my it's my it's job it's my job to stop you. <laughs> hey, I know you're right. <laughs> you did a good job. <laughs> So, but during high school, this is what happened. During high school, you know, I, um, I was in one best high school in, in Paris, and uh, this is where I got bullied a little bit. And after high school, I joined the Navy, and uh, I was supposed to join the Foreign Legion, but my dad said, no, 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 you're going to go to the Navy, and you're going to be a diver. You're going uh, to be uh, kind of a, the Navy SEAL here. Uh, it's called Major de Combat. So <clears throat> what I did is I joined the Navy, and I ended up in uh, Group Fumaco, uh Commando de Pinfantonio. Pinfantonio is kind of a recon, you know, those guys who were getting all the information, and then uh, uh, everything is behind it, you know, and so it was pretty interesting. Then what we did is I got a couple of missions, you know. I went to Africa, to Djibouti, Somalia. I got... Uh, <laughs> I got actually captured in, in Djibouti for a couple hours, and uh, not a lot of people know about that. That was kind of a, uh, it was very fast, you know, I made a mistake, and uh, my guys went one way, and I went the other way, and I got, uh, I got in trouble, yeah. so, and uh, I escaped. So, that, that's not fun. Uh, that's not fun when they hold you, Cap. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what, if it, if it, if it was... If I was captured for like uh, uh, one day or two days, that would have been, it would have affected me a lot. But because it was only a couple hours and, uh, you know, I got lucky. Uh, they tried to take me to the village. If I got into the village, I would have been done, sure. But because, you know, I just, uh, I got, no, I guess it was not my time. So, and I had the chance to escape and I escaped. And uh, at the end, I think it was a total of, three to four hours. can't really remember very exactly because I was bleeding a lot. But anyway, that was, um, you know, some of the adventure that leads out there. And then we did some, uh, we were in, uh, we came back to France and we started uh, doing uh, some training, uh, uh, assaulting boats. So the thing that's going on now in Somalia with the pirates, mm -hmm. that was happening already, you know, it's not new. And we were training to take over uh, tankers and also fishermen boats. And actually, we have one mission that we did that we took over a boat. So, and I was in, uh, in 79, uh, 1980, you know. And, and so, you know, you know, you know what I, you know, uh, Olivier, what, what I want to do because you, you're bringing that up, and I since it's fresh in my memory, you know, a lot of people look at what's happening in Somalia, what's happening in, in, uh, with the kidnapping of all the girls, they, you know, for them, it's new. But that's been going on forever. It's just that people don't write about it. They don't say anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what, what's interesting is that's because of the Internet. Yeah. I mean, really, that changed our world. You know, like uh, in the old days, you know, we had only newspapers. So the only thing, information we could get is only the newspapers or the TV. That's all we're... You know, but now, you know, with the Internet, if you really want something, a story to come out, it's pretty easy. You Google it, or you, and then you get the story. So, 
And I think that's why, you know, you start to understand what's going on all over the world, you know. But that has been going on forever. Yeah. It's not you. Yeah, yeah, that's why, because I, I, I was in Africa too, so, you know, this is nothing new. That's why when people say, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, it's been happening for some time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, too much, but, but let's, let's get back to your, say again? I just uh, wanted to ask you, where did you go in Africa? Where were you? I was all over West Africa, from Sierra Leone, Liberia, okay. all the way down to Burkina Faso, Benin, DRC before they split. So, yeah. The the fun the fun places the fun places. <laughs> but but get yeah but but get but getting back to you. So you were you were uh you were a commando. You were a diver. You were doing recon. Uh, and then, uh, then after you got captured, you started doing other tours, I guess. Uh, yeah. After uh, after we did a couple more things, you know, and then uh, and then that was it, you know. And then it was the end of my career, so uh, I wanted to go back to uh, join the Foreign Legion. And actually, this is what my dad said: hey, Listen, you go to the Alps, uh, spend some time over there, and just uh, if you really still want to do it, just go. But you know. It's, you know, the foreign legion is a little bit different. You know, first of all, you sign for five years, and you really can't get out as soon as you sign it. You know, you have maybe six months of probation, and then that's it. And then uh, whatever you do. Uh, in that days, in those days, actually, if you sign, you will change your name, you will change your identity, and and you will not exist. You know, you will be a totally different person. So, you know, I said, I want to do it. But, you know, uh, my life changed and went to a different direction. And this is actually where I started training, uh, being passionate about martial arts. Uh, when so you went like, to the French Alps, when you went to the French Alps, that's, that's when you started training. Yeah. I mean, no, no, yeah, I'm, exactly. I mean, you've been training, but I'm saying training to actually fight and get into, yeah. get into the ring and do that type of stuff. Exactly. What happened is that in, uh, when we did, when I was in high school, I learned a lot of it, and then I went to the special forces. We learned a couple of techniques, but it was not great. And then uh, we went to, uh, uh, and then when I went to the Alps, I started uh, really learning, uh, you know, uh, be more, more passionate about the sports. Mm. And I started to learn boxing, kickboxing, and I went to, this is where I met uh, Dominique Valera. And uh, I joined the French team, mm-hmm. and this is where we start, uh, you know, my competition career. But before you started competing, when you were training, you know, I mean, because your father, your father actually told you to to go to the French Alps, but it wasn't like yeah. he was paying for your training. He just said, "Go to no. the French Alps and go. That's where you need <laughs> to go, and that's what you did. And you actually had to do a lot of things to survive." Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, you know, we had. My my father told me to go there because we had a place there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was something, you know, you know, we had a little, co- uh, not a cottage, but an apartment there. So, and he said, just go over there, you know, just spend, you know, two weeks, King, and maybe you'll, you can get a job and just try to, you know, change your life a little bit. So, I did, and actually I met a girl, you know, and then we started dating, and then, you know, the whole thing, and I mm-hmm. still training, and I started to learn. You know the old uh, martial arts thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's what all starts with the woman. With, with the woman, they they. they... The woman. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You're definitely right. Yeah, but you There's know. Always a woman's story somewhere. Yeah, there, there has to be because you know what? What? Why would yep. you be inspired to do such a thing? Well, exactly. Well, Without yeah. women, we would not be here, right? Yeah, exactly. In front of the TV watching, uh, <laughs> watching films. Yeah, exactly. You, you need inspiration to do that extra thing. You know, so you, yep. you, you join, when you join the, um, when you join the French team, you know, what happened at that point? Well, I grew pretty fast because what I did is I knew that the best, uh, kickboxers at that time were in the U.S. So we had Bill Wallace, we have, uh, we had Jeff Smith, we had, uh, <clears throat> Benny the Jet, you know. And all these guys were fantastic. I mean, they were really great uh, uh, boxers. So what I decided, I decided to work and get three jobs. And uh, 
uh, I will be uh, getting some money, you know, and, and, and try to save a lot of money so I could go to the U.S. and train with the best. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get to Bill Wallace, but I could not. So actually I went to Jeff Smith and uh, met him in, uh, in um, he was in D.C. at that time. And I trained with the U.S. team and I started to be better and better. And uh, also before that, I went to New York to the Glizens Gym. Glizens Gym is uh, I know the best gym in the world for that, boxing. That's why I trained. Trained at Gleason's. Yeah. In Brooklyn. <laughs> the Gleason's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And at that time, actually, at that time, the Gleason's was uh, in Manhattan. It was close to the Madison Square Garden. And then they moved to the Bronx, and then they moved to a couple places. But uh, I got my ass kicked there, I'm telling you. Because boxing, these guys were fantastic. I mean, it was a different level. And uh, But, you know, I was not using my feet, so it was only boxing. So then after I went to, uh, I met uh, Jess Smith and I trained with them. And then uh, a year later, I came back and I went to uh, Benny the Jet and I trained uh, at his gym, you know, the Jet Center. Mm-hmm. And that was also a fantastic uh, experience. Uh, the only person I couldn't get to was Bill Wallace. <laughs> well, I, I, you can get to him now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm telling you, these guys, it's funny because, you know, we don't realize that these guys were, were, were idols, you know, these guys were like, you know, God for us, you know, these guys were like, you know, they were, they were amazing to us, just to meet these guys, you know, these guys were fantastic, you know, and training with them was not even, uh, was even better than anything, you know. So, oh, you're training with the so best. Yeah, well, these, these guys, yep. you know, Bill Wallace, Bill Superfoot Wallace, Jeff Smith, Benny the Jet, and, you know, for all intents and purposes in the world of kickboxing, and Joe Lewis, you know, legends. Yeah, Joe Lewis, too, yeah. It's true, Joe Lewis was really uh, another one that I forgot to mention. Yeah. It's funny because now, you know, people see them differently, you know, but these were really the guys who made the sport mm-hmm. uh, bigger than life, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that, they started everything. They they paved the way for everyone yeah. else to do what they're doing today. Because without that, they wouldn't. Same way, as you said, you got inspired by Bruce Lee. Same way that anyone during that generation did. Okay, they got inspired by Bruce Lee. You know, you 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 mentioned earlier that you know there weren't any traditional you know dojos or, or facilities that you can go to. You know, that's when you started training. I mean, I know I did, and started training in the basement. <laughs> you, know, you start. I mean, you. you yeah, because that, that's that's what we did in New York, anyway. <laughs> you go and you. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, you, you're training in the basement with, with 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 roaches and rats flying all over the place. But you know what? You're still training. <laughs> you know what's funny is like uh, now uh, we don't realize, you know, the, how lucky we are to have gyms all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. Before gyms, I mean, in Europe, was only for uh, people who had an accident to eradicate themselves, you know. That was the only way we could get to a gym, you know, if you were hurt. And it was not like it is now, you know. Now you have to go to, to the gym, you know. It's kind of a must. But uh, we have gym all over the uh, all over the place, which is great, you know. Well, so. But, you know, the, th- the thing is that I see that's positive if, you know, with kids... Because martial arts breeds discipline and can give them a better life, in my opinion. And if they go yeah. to the right facility, they go to the right teacher, they'll get the right training and get the right direction. And, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully that would better their lives. I know it saved the lives of a lot of, a lot of people that I know. No, I totally agree with you. Um, but I think what, what you mentioned is what's really important is instructors, you know, teachers. Mm. Exactly. And you can have the best gym in the world. You know, it doesn't matter. The gym has everything. If you don't have the right instructor, the right sensei, your training can be a waste of time, you know. Yep. And that's what's really important when you go to the gym. It's good to look at the gym, but look at the instructor. Mm-hmm. You know, look how they teach. And teaching is not easy because you can be really good at what you do, but you can be an awful instructor. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to have patience, and you have to understand the 
the human mentality, you know, and the psychology behind how to translate, you know, what you do physically to another individual can be pretty challenging. Sometimes it is, hmm. but it can be really, really rewarding. That's why when people teach in teachers, I think when they accomplish their goal, you know, uh, I think it's when they're finished, when they finish their lesson, you know, sometimes you feel so good about it because you can see your students evolving, you know, there's an evolution of the students. Yeah. And you can really be proud of yourself, you know. And not, not everyone can be a teacher, and that, that's a reality. And, and I'll even, just so that our listeners can get the picture, it's, it's the same way of saying that you can be a great martial artist, but you can be a horrible action film star. Because, right. yeah, because, you know, it's, film fighting is different than real fighting, so you have to, you know, uh, master that. Like, you know, you have the likes of James Liu, you know, great martial artist, but great action film, um, figure, which, yep. which is fantastic. Yep. And what we're gonna do, Olivier, we're gonna take a break right now, yep. and we're gonna come back, cause okay. we're gonna talk about your Hollywood career and everything, and what you have going on okay. now. All right, so I want everyone to just uh, stick with us. We're going to hear a, a couple of tunes, and we're going to be back with Olivier Gruner on the UCW radio show.
All right, now we're back with Olivier Gruner on the UCW radio show, and uh, you know we left off talking about Hollywood and action films, and let, let's get into it because you know you have about what three dozen films under your belt, <laughs> at least I that I know 40, of. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think forty now, and I think like three TV series. You know. <laughs> well, I couldn't scroll down that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's full. It doesn't yeah. matter. I don't count anymore. <laughs> so, so what? What? When, when was that? Where was that transition? Because when you, when you were training, and it, it, obviously it came to a point that you became a world champion, and then it progressed from there. You know what? What got you into Hollywood, and how did that all work out? You know, it's very interesting. My, my dream was not really to become a movie star or to be in the film. Not at all. That was not a dream for me. Uh, my dream was to move to the U.S. and to open a gym. That was really my dream. <laughs> That's the truth. So, and, uh, so what I did is like one day we spent some time with, uh, uh my friend Dave and, uh, a Swedish friend all together and we worked in the Alps and we decided to move to the U.S. You know, it was uh, uh, three guys and one dog, a St. Bernard. That sounds <laughs> like a show. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I'm telling you, it was really uh, three. interesting story. Three guys and a dog. So in the, <laughs> three guys and a dog. <laughs> so, and, uh, so what we did, we, you know, we worked in the house, you know, make some money on the side, and then uh, we, we decided to go to the south of France in May and just to work for the camping festival you know, to do some security stuff. So we went there. So for me, you know, I got the job as a security, uh, you know, in front of the theater. You know, you control the badges. People can get in, they can get in. You know, that was my job. Mm-hmm. And my friend was uh, putting posters all over the place, and the other guy was doing something else. I forgot. <laughs> so it was pretty interesting. So we worked for, like, I think it was uh, uh, 10 days, you know. And... Uh, uh, Dave, uh, told me, say, hey, uh, Olivier, why don't you put a poster when you were a champ, you know, on the wall? I said, stupid. Say, no, I'm telling you, just do it. So I did it, you know, and guys were coming into the theater, and there's, uh, one guy, uh, he looked at it and said, hey, who's that guy? I said, well, that's me. And he said, oh, really? And, uh, he touched my muscles, said, oh, that's pretty good. Um, he said, well, you do film? I said, Sure. <laughs> of course, I didn't. I said, sure. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> and he said, well, why don't I, uh, you know, write to one of my friends who's looking for, uh, uh, you know, for somebody to replace Van Damme, because Van Damme was too busy at that time, and he was really popular. So they could not keep in, uh, they wanted to shoot one thing after another one, but he could not, because he was busy with everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody wanted him uh, to be in their film. So he wrote to Imperial Entertainment. Imperial wrote me back. And they asked me, say, if you come to L.A., you know, come and visit us. And, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, we'll see, you know, if we can do something. We're looking for somebody, uh, you know, to star in our films. I said, sure. So, of course, you know, Dave, me and the Swede, we uh, flew to... Uh, we and then the dog. We flew and the dog. to Pennsylvania for yeah, Pennsylvania first, and we stayed with his family, with Dave's family, for like a week. And then uh, I bought a car, an old Jeep, and I traveled uh, the country back to Los Angeles, where I met a friend of mine that uh, I used to date. And uh, we there's always a woman somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and the story is the, wo- the woman. There. See, that's what inspired you to go cross country. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is true. She, she was very clean. <laughs> so anyway, I, <laughs> I arrived in L.A. What, what was very funny about uh, L.A. is I was on the phone with her, and I was saying, you know, hey, uh, I mean, I've been driving for two hours, you know. Where is your place, you know? It's like, uh, you know, it's pretty far. I mean, two hours, you know, you you cross, you know, uh, a quarter of France, you know. And I said, no, no, you have to keep going. You're almost there. I said, oh, my God, you know, we don't realize how big America is, you know. So, and finally, uh, I arrived, and uh, we, uh, 
I installed myself and, uh, into uh, her cousin's uh, place, and I stayed there for uh, a couple of weeks. And at the same time, we had an appointment at MPL Entertainment. So uh, I went to the office, you know, with uh, my girlfriend. So she was playing that she was my uh, agent, kind of, okay. you know, my manager. See, you got all Hollywood and, uh, from, from the onset. Oh, uh, right there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew absolutely nothing about Hollywood. Actually, I never read a script before. I didn't know anything, you know. So I met those guys, and uh, and then two weeks later, they said, well, why don't we meet uh, with Eric Carson? So Eric Carson was a director for the next film they were doing. So I met Eric, and uh, Eric uh, said, you know, I'm going to tell you something on this. If we meet today, it means that this is happening. And for me, you know, I don't know about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody tells me we're going to make a film. Oh, we're going to make a film, right? I didn't know that there was a lot of rejections. You know, I didn't know there was a lot of... Uh, Bullshit in Hollywood. I didn't know. Like mm-hmm. I said, I didn't know anything about it. So of course, you know, the, uh, uh, I met with a writer and we started writing the story, which was Angel Town, based on uh, one of my life experience, some of them. And uh, and then uh, two months later, you know, uh, actually three months later, I was on the set, you know, shooting my first film. Mm. And that was pretty. Uh, <laughs> that was <laughs> like I said, you know, you. Uh, one people tells me, how do we have start in Hollywood? I said, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no, no, you can, you can be an actor at, at any time. You can be walking in the street, having dinner. People will ask you if you want to be in the film, if you're right there at the right time, at the right place, you know. It can be your time. Yeah. Just be ready for it. Yeah. Well, look, look what happened to Matthew McConaughey. He, he didn't want, he, he didn't go into it wanting to be an actor. He, somebody just asked him, he said, sure. You know how to act? Sure, yeah, I'll do it. And, and look at him, he won an Oscar. Beautiful. Oh, he's a great, I, I love that guy, he's fantastic. Oh, he's great, man. What a performance. Mm. But you know what I think about life is really, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't understand that life is an adventure, you know. And it's, 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 you go through ups and downs, you know, all the time. I mean, that's part of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we we came in this life with nothing, and we're going to live with nothing. You know, that's a fact. You know, but during that period, you know, it's, try to do the best you can. You know, it doesn't mean you know when people talk about success. Really, what is what is success? You know, success means that you are rich, you are powerful. No, I really feel happy. I mean, it's really that what the bottom line is. If you are happy, that's success to me. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a family and your family love you and they love. You know, you love them. This is success for me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my success for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in terms of being a big movie star in Hollywood, but you know what? For me, you know, I didn't become huge. Um, and I'm going to tell you, I think I know the reason why. <laughs> and I, I, I look at my life as a martial artist, and I look at my my life as a, as an actor. As a martial artist, I went to the best. You know, I didn't go through the uh, the medium, uh, the medium instructor. I went to the best of the best, and obviously at the end you become good. You know, uh, in in acting was different. You know, I just stay with uh, with the role. You know, because there was a lot of money involved, so I decided you know I'm going to make some money, and I didn't go with the best. You know, and I think this is where you know my career didn't go as far as I could have taken it. You know, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do it. But it means that you know I'm not you know at the top of the top. That's it. Well, I mean, look. Right? I mean, you 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 touched on something to me which is important as far as you know the the rendition of success. You know, people some people chase the money, they chase the fame, they want they want to be they want to be known for nothing. They want to be known for being famous for nothing. I mean, this is what they do, and it becomes an ego thing for me. I guess the, where the true wealth comes in is when you, at the end of the day, are the people that are surrounding you. Who are these people, and how close? I mean, how how happy are you in life, and did you do good out there? If that, if you say yes, that you have good people in your life, you were a good person, you did good for others. At the end of the day, you 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 would have passed away being one of the wealthiest persons or people in the world. And that's what it's about. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's 
you know, and sometimes you have to look back and really analyze your life. And, and you know, I did a lot of stuff. You know, I turned down the movie with Avi Learner. You know, for a lot of money. That was years ago. And you know why? Because I was uh, taking my commercial license, helicopter commercial license. Ah. And uh, so, and of course, you know, <laughs> well. <laughs> So I turned down the movie. Choices. So because, Choice, uh, but choices. Yeah, choices. You, but what's important but look, to you in your life, you know? Yeah. yeah. But look at it. I did uh, work uh, two years at Maverick. You know, did tours in the Grand Canyon. I went to Blue Hawaiian, flew in Hawaii, you know, being a, a line pilot. Mm -hmm. I went, uh, I flew, I was a pilot for ABC. So I used to fly for the news. And, uh, you know, I just had a really, really amazing time flying helicopters. I mean, that was really one of my dreams, you know, I wanted to do. And I accomplished it, you know. Well, I, I know what we're going to do when I, when I go, when I go get back to LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come, come, I pick you up. Yeah, no, I went, I, I actually, uh, was, I'm going, I'm, I have to continue it, but I was actually going for my pilot's license only because, you know, it was something that I wanted to do. And getting up in, in the air and flying a plane, there's nothing like it in the world. Nothing like it. Oh, yeah. Good. And you know what's interesting? It's because when you fly, you have to really pay attention on flying. Oh, so yeah. your mind, even if you have any problems, you have really, it's really relaxing. Because even if it's really demanding, when you, you relax because your brain is really focused on the one problem at a time. You know, it's not like you have all the problems coming in. Because the problems are real, yep. you know. So it's, it's every time we fly, you know, I love it, you know. And, and as you know, when you start study for uh, to become a pilot, you cannot stop it. Yeah. So if I stop in the, I was taking my test, you know, uh, the weekend when I was supposed to leave to uh, South America, South Africa to, to shoot the film with Abby. And I said, there's no way I can do it. You know, I gotta take my test. You know, I don't like to not finish things. I have to finish it. Mm -hmm. So, and I did. But if I didn't, I would have to come back from zero. Right. From you, zero, that, that take another two months. Right. It's very intense. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. And that, that's what happens. Cause one, one, cause and even once you get your license, you have to continue to fly because they will yank your license. <laughs> <laughs> but you need the <laughs> you you'll need to you well you will not be able to transport any passengers. No, you transport you yourself and you transport yourself yeah. and God bless. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so now, to, to now t tell me what's what else is what's going on with you uh, right now because I, I know you have some movie yeah. uh, movies going on. I also know one thing. Which I I love when people progress. I don't care and whatever they do. I don't care if you work in the office. If you're looking and you're you're trying new things, you're trying to progress your career. You went from being in front of the camera to you actually being behind the camera as well. Oh, that's I'm I'm gonna tell you for every actor is out there or every person who is involved in the entertainment, the best thing that I've done in my life, I mean, not necessarily, but one of the best things I've done in my life was to write the screenplay, produce the screenplay, get the money, produce it, film it, edit it, and distributing it. And I'm telling you, if you can't do that, it, it's at the end of the day, when you look at it, it's pretty amazing. Because... Uh, it's very intense. Trust me, I had uh, nightmares, and everything goes wrong, you know, that's for sure. But at the end, you know, if you kick it up and you finish the film, it's the best reward you can get, you know. And that's why, you know, in the old days, you know, uh, when I was just an actor, you know, I was looking at producers and say, oh, yeah, they make all the money and stuff, but you don't understand what it takes, you know, until you do it. Mm. It's a lot of stress. A lot of stress because every time everything can go wrong, and you have you have a certain amount of money you can spend. If you have right. unlimited money, you don't care. If you have unlimited time, you don't care. But remember, time is money. So when I shot, the, I did the first film, uh, 
that I did absolutely most of it, you know. Uh, it's called Sector 4. And it's coming out, uh, Lions Get Bodied, it's coming out on uh, July 22nd. So, and <laughs> I'm telling you, it was a lot of work, a lot of work. To be in front of the camera, behind the camera. And it's not like I wanted to be in front of the camera, not at all. But because of money, I had to be in front of the camera. Because me, I cost nothing. Right. You know, because I was using my, you know, some money and I had a, a, a little budget. But we have finished it, I edited it, and I distributed it. That was an amazing uh, experience. But that not not everyone has that ability to do that, Olivier. Because you can go, you know. I honestly, I've seen people that they want to make movies. They'll go make a movie, and it's horrible. But they'll they'll get distribution for it wherever they do in in Cambodia or something. I don't know, but they do get distribution. But to take something that's of quality and a good action film and take it produce it. You write it, you're directing it, you're producing it, you're starring in it because you, you have budget constraints and now the distribution. Yeah. The distribution is something that you kind of have, you hope to have before you start filming. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's really what you need. Actually, you know what? Before I started my career, even I should have gone through distribution because you know exactly what they need at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, some people want a different format. Some people, you know, when we talk about shooting 4K, example, or 5K or 6K, you know, you look at it and you say, well, why do we need to shoot 4K when it's going to be uh, uh, HD at the end? You know, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, 422 HQ, we call it. Uh, so, and at the end, you know, some uh, uh, territory, they want 4K to put in the theater. But now not every theater is equipped with 4K projectors, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it's really interesting. There's a big change now uh, between uh, what we used to shoot on, which is film, and now digital. Digital is really complicated because we have so many different formats, so many different cameras, mm-hmm. so many different encodings. So it gets a little bit complicated. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do distribution... And you start shooting your movie and you decide, oh, no, I'm going to shoot 2K, example. And then Russia wants 4K. Then you can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. so you have to really understand the distribution. Well, that, 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 that's a good point. But that's a good point because, you know, and, and that's why I, kinda, I brought it up as well. Because I think a lot of people, they think that they, they, they're going to make a movie and then they'll get distribution once the movie's done. But that's the absolute wrong way of doing it. You kind of put your treatment, put everything in order, then you hope and you go and you sell the rights and get that thing distributed, so, you know, ready to be distributed once you're done. Well, and you know, now it gets very, uh, before we, uh, then again, we had DVDs, okay? Right. So between the videotape was great, you know, that time, now we had DVDs. Now DVD is gone in Europe. There's no DVD distribution. So we go to VOD, and then we go to different formats, different platform for distribution. And then it becomes pretty complicated. So right now we are in uh, in kind of a, um, we're going into the downhill before we're going to go to an uphill. Mm-hmm. Which means now everybody's confused of where the, the the product is going to. You know, how to deliver the product to the consumers. Mm-hmm. And that gets a little bit complicated. Uh, we have Netflix, we have Redbox, you know, here. But in overseas, you know, it's different. And remember, your money... Uh, really, when you're going to make the money, it's not only in America, but you're going to make your money overseas. Yeah. So it's really important to think about delivering your movie overseas. Uh-huh. So you need to understand the different formats that you need before you start shooting the film. Right, and this is why a lot of uh, you know of the uh, action type of films that you, you don't see in the theaters, even even the big action films, uh, you know, even Spider-Man was released overseas first before it came to the states. I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty interesting. The distribution is amazing. I mean, it's, if you understand distribution, and now it's about relationship with the buyers. Mm-hmm. You know, because I went to Cannes, I, went, I had a booth at the FM, and you know, I started shooting, I had only one film to sell, which is the wrong thing to do. I didn't know that. You need to have at least four or five films. You know, because people, the buyers will come to you, and they have a limited of time. So, they want to come to you, and 
you need to have few products you can sell. So they don't, you know, it's better to spend a time, you know, one hour with somebody uh, who has five films to sell instead of one film to sell, you know. So, <laughs> so I learned a lot, you know. But we did well, you know. We're doing extremely well with sector four. So uh, then again, you know, I was lucky because I could finish it. I mean, it was really hard. But look, you, you see, some people, they think that I'm, you know, I'm going to work hard and, until like my knuckles bleed and I'm going to make things happen. You know, honestly, sometimes it's better to be lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that have the skills and everything that is still, you know, sucking wind. You can be skilled and everything, but as you said earlier, Right time, right place. You're walking into a cafe. Somebody looks at you. Hey, you ever been in film? Oh uh, no! And then, then that's it. Had you said yes, it could have changed your life because you never know. You never know. Yeah, ex exactly. It's about the timing. It's about everything. Um, uh, what I want to uh, uh, tell is, um, you know, like uh, what I did is I really learned about everything, every aspect of the filmmaking. And that's really important. Example, the after effects. What you can do with the visual effects. That's something that saves also uh, a lot of my budget, you know, because I can do it, you know. So, example, the flash now on the gun, you know, you don't need to have actually blanks. The blanks, if you shoot in L.A., blanks would cost you 30% of your budget just because of the blanks, because then you need a cop, then you need a, a, fire, uh, a fire truck, you know, and that's start to add up, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, I learned a lot, you know, and it's very interesting, I think I should do a class, you know, that, <laughs> of, people would pay for that, but people could, because you, you look at, you look at how many people make mistakes, you know, I, it's funny, because I, I see these people, I see these independent filmmakers, they, 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 they produce these films, it's like, okay, I have the film, and they try to get it out, you know, like they're, they're MC Hammer, they're selling it out of the trunk of their car. I'm like, okay, where's your distribution? You made the film, you got everything wrapped up in plastic, you have all these DVDs there, but, you know, where, where was the, where was the plan in the beginning? Because making a movie without the distribution or without having all these components in order, you know, it's, to me, it doesn't make good business sense. And I think that you would clean up doing a, a seminar. Yep. <laughs> You yeah, should. I mean, honestly, you know, you know, definitely, I was thinking about it because, you know, like, if I had a guy like me, you know, in front of me before I started doing it, I would have saved a lot of money, a lot of money, because I made all the mistakes in the world. So don't feel that you, you know, you're, you're the only one who's going to make the mistakes. I did them. You know, I paid for it. But, you know, it's okay. Now I learned and I know what to do, what I should not do. Uh, on the delivery, we had 1,176 pages of legal. So everything in uh, <clears throat> before you start shooting the film has to be ready before you start shooting the film. Now, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, but you know you have millions of dollars. No, no, we don't. We don't. The budgets are very, very small right now. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. It doesn't mean that you guys, independent, uh, independent people, you know, may, uh, wants to make a film, you know, it doesn't mean that you cannot do the film and still in your budget, you know. If you have a budget, I know people should film for $50,000, $100,000, and that's okay. You can still do it. But the main thing is to be prepared to have all the legal done before you start. Uh, because if you want distribution, especially, especially if you want distribution with uh, the big boys, you need to have your ads, uh, you, have, you need to have everything uh, done properly. Because uh, trust me, they're on your case. And when you sign the contract, uh, if you don't have it, you're going to lose it. So, and, uh, even if your film is good, you know. So make sure that you plan before you start your film. And uh, and just look at the distribution, you know. Look at, uh, uh, that would be a good thing if uh, they want, if independent people want to make a film, you know. I think you should go on tour. I think you should go on tour and talk yeah. about this because, I, I mean, seriously, because you have, yeah. in New York, you get the New York Film Academy. In California, you got the Everything Academy, okay, you know, where where you have, you know, actors that are looking to break into, you know, the field. You're looking, you, you have filmmakers that are looking to do something. But, you know, they, I, I know because I've, I've just by default, because someone dragged me to one of these uh, classes, and I actually mm -hmm. sat there, they were doing a seminar, and I sat there, I'm listening to this, 
And I was like, oh my god, this guy's so full of crap. You know, because <laughs> cause they're not giving anything informative to help anyone. And I said, you know something? I said, yeah, it's a blah, 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 look at me thing, blah, 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 buy buy my little DVD and I'll show you the way. And then you can buy the other DVD and I'll show you the real way. You know, so, but I think, I think you should think about that. You should think about that. No, yeah, it's true. I think I'm going to do it. I mean, it's really important, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell them all the mistakes I've done and what they should not do and what they should do Mm. and the proper way from the start to the beginning. You know, cleaning the screenplay, cleaning, cleaning the titles. There is a lot of stuff. Like I said, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's not, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. If I did it, you can't do it. That's uh, all I'm saying. That's it. That's it. You know, but look, you have the knowledge, you have the experience, you've done it, and you know, when you're going to do it, you're going to get paid. So for our listeners <laughs> that are listening, it's not free. You know, because you you went through all the pain and suffering, and cost you a lot of money to get that knowledge. So you know, if anyone wants a mentor. They're going to get in touch with Olivier Gruner, and they're going to find out how to make that happen. You know, so now um, we're coming towards the tail end of the show. Why don't you let us know uh, what project right now you have uh, going on and, you know, and just what's going on with with things that are to date right now. Yeah. So what I'm doing right now is um, um, I just finished writing uh, Executive Protection, Executive Protection is my next film. You know, it's about, uh, actually, I, I don't know if I mentioned it. I work as a, an executive uh, protection for one of the 10 richest men in the world for a year and a half. So I got a lot of experience on that field. So I'm going to bring that knowledge into a film. So that's why the, I just finished it uh, this morning. I finished writing my version of the screenplay. Okay, so now I'm going to send it to a writer who's going to, going to really finish it. Then we're going to start shooting, I think, in August, you know. Uh, the problem with August, there's good thing and bad things. The good thing in August is, is uh, not a lot of people are shooting in August because it's hot and people are on vacation. Mm-hmm. So the locations are cheaper. So that's one of the things. <laughs> so, and uh, we're supposed to be done uh, in uh, for the AFM, American Film Market. And the next show I'm working on is called The Pro's A Way of Life. It's about the behind the scene of pro athletes. Uh, I had a contract with NBC in 2003, so I don't know if I can uh, revive that contract, but I'm, I'm going to try. And uh, so we're going to talk about different sports, not only combat sports, but also surfing, you know, about everything, you know, and the training behind and the passion behind the sport. That's why, that's uh, that's really what I want to do, showing the passion, the, the passion, the, the uh, you know, behind the sports. I like that, and, I, uh, and that 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 right there, people like to see the same way they listen to the show because they get inspired. That's why, yeah. you know, whatever what we what we're speaking about here, it would be a rarity to be able to speak about it somewhere else, you know, because because yeah. we're talking about real stuff. We're talking about real stuff. The real stuff, yeah, exactly. And uh, but you know, sometimes you have passion people. People have passion about the sport. And, and and you listen to them, you really want to you you really want to uh, do their sport, you know, just because they are so passionate about it. And that's why I want to bring it into uh, into the pros, you know, the passion behind the sport. Oh, no, I like um, it. What else? <laughs> so I got this, I got that, and uh, I might fly helicopters, you know, need uh, maybe a, a part time because I miss it. And, um, and I think. Uh, I got a couple of shows that uh, people ask me to do, so I'll see if I do them or not. You know, it depends. Um, I was supposed to do the Expendable Four, but uh, we'll see if it, that happens. You know, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. You know, I mean, look, you have a lot of things going on, and I, I do urge our listeners to, you know, find out more about you, Olivier uh, Gruner, uh, because your 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 life. Your, this, your story is interesting. What you do is interesting. And I like the fact that, you know, how you are as a person. And when we met, and I knew that when I met you and I was talking to you, that I said, you know what, this is a good guy. And I, you know, and I like bringing good people on my show. I actually, I only bring good people on my show. Anyone that comes on my show, you know, and, and occasionally, occasionally I'll, I'll get something that's, that's for, for uh, j- just for media attention, but other than that, 
I try, I try to stick to having good people on to tell their story in their words and not mine, and that's what we've done right here. Um, now, and drop the and drop the ego, drop the ego out, right? Yeah, that's it. There's no reason <laughs> for it. That's really important. There's, yeah. there's, there's no reason for it. There's no reason to have an ego. You leave it at the door. Come in and be real, and that's it. You know. Now, uh, why don't you tell people how to find out more about you? Your website, social media. Yeah, uh, I have a website, OliviaGruner.com, O-L-I-V-I-E-R-G-R-U-N-E-R.com. And I have also the Pros.TV, that's for the, the, the show, for the sports show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have an app in, uh, on iTunes called the Pros MMA. It's about uh, the different techniques, you know, that you, uh, uh, you know, have uh, 80 videos, you know, on that app. And it's selling every day all over the world. Okay, so now wait, you you have a, a pro MMA app that people can go to iTunes or Android. They can buy this, and it shows you different techniques. Yeah, yeah, okay. different techniques on MMA, and it's uh, it's only me in it. You know, Tony Franklin is in it, so there's different guys. You know, show you the pro- proper uh, techniques. You know, so and it's doing very well. It it sells all over the world, which is great. You know, in China. And, <laughs> it's easier than make a movie, trust me. <laughs> that was great. Well, it's good stuff. Look, if you, you know, to have an app like that right now, as you know, people are watching, you know, you know, uh, you know, UFC and 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 all these, um, you know, these uh, MMA organizations, it's better to actually see something and learn how to really do it, as opposed to seeing something on TV and say, "Hey, I'm going to try this on my friend." <laughs> You, you know what we did? We never talk about the, the USC and the MF. You know, it's very interesting. Because what I, I just want to mention very, something very, very fast. Sure. Uh, in, when the USC started, I was thinking people would get hurt. You know, I was really scared of the outcome of the USC. And actually, when you find out, people maybe get hurt like, you know, uh, but, but there's not a lot of danger like they had in Boston. And in, even in kickboxing, a little bit less, uh, because the referees are really on top of those guys. And I think there is uh, there is some, you know, a lot of bleeding and stuff. But this is just cuts, you know. We're not talking about people. Uh, for so far, for what I know, uh, you know, it's not as dangerous as boxing is. So I'm really supporting the UFC. That's one of my things. You know, I love it. I think it's great, and it brings all the martial arts together. You know, the only thing it's missing, maybe, is a philosophy behind the martial arts. That's all. No, see, no, now... Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And Dana White would be happy to hear this. You know, look, he, he's done a great job with cultivating uh, what used to be no-holes-barred fighting. Okay. Yeah. And he turned it into a business, a billion, multi-billion dollar business, and he opened up doors for a lot of people. So as people criticize him... As I say, you know, every pioneer is going to be criticized. Criticized. Thomas Edison, the Wright brothers, whatever it may be, you're going to get criticized because you're at the forefront and people are going to look at you because they're not happy that you succeeded because they didn't think about it first. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I think I'm very I'm very excited about the USC. I think he did a terrific job. You know, it couldn't be better than it is right now. So <laughs> I just, I, I was thanking him because, you know, he, he boosted up our, our business also as a filmmakers, you know, mm-hmm. especially for what we did in the past, you know. So, that's it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and the future is very bright. The future is very bright. Uh, Olivier, thank you for coming on the show. And, and I want our listeners to uh, make sure you go to OlivierGruner.com, check him out. Uh, go to social media, you know, look up his name, uh, check out his app, the Pro MMA app, check it out, you know, go, and it'll be, it'll be on, on the, uh, the interview page, so click on it, iTunes, Android, so on and so forth, and make that happen, and, uh, we'll be back with you with the next, uh, segment of the UCW radio show, and again, OlivierGruner.com, and we'll be back with you, uh, for the next show. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.